to another episode of Mature Audiences Mayhem. My name is Glenn King. It is my great honor to bring you this podcast where we talk about the things that other podcasts either cannot or will not talk about, things that other podcasts fear to talk about. Today, a very special guest. Let me give you a little bit of background on this, putting it this way. Uh, I watch social media quite a bit, like all of us do, and one of the, the areas I follow is I follow a lot of online uh, female domination performers. We like to call them doms. That's the genre that I'm in. If you if you look at my website, meanbitches.com, that's the area that it falls in. And when I see them, I see a lot of them struggling. And what happens is they put up tweets and it'll say, send money, send me money, send me money, slaves, send me money, be a good boy and send me money, followed by, you slaves all suck, there are no good slaves on Twitter, I'm going to punish you by uh, dropping off of Twitter for a few days or whatever. And to me, that's a lot like a, a pizza restaurant saying, all of you customers suck. You're not coming to my restaurant because you're stupid and because you don't know what good pizza tastes like. And screw you, pizza people. We're going to punish you by shutting down my restaurant until you learn how to be better customers. All of this brings me to our guest here. She is a... She is a dominatrix. She is an online adult entertainer. She's been everything in this business. She is a producer, a webcam artist, a, uh, a full sex performer. She's done it all. And she probably would be on the Mount Rushmore of adult online adult entertainers if there was such a thing. She is the great Astro Domina. Wow, that is... That is like a wonderful, a long ass intro. I feel like I'm about to enter a boxing ring. <laughs> yeah, everybody, I, I do these long intros. Uh, so I'll stop talking now. Let me just start by asking Astro Domina, the great Astro Domina here. What do you think it takes to be a great um, a, adult entertainer online or a, a great dom online? People should be looking at you as a model. I I mean I, I can't say that, uh, but you can, Glenn. I think that I said it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that uh, what it takes to be a great online performer is, you know, it's just like w- what does it take for a successful, say, online business uh, to grow? I mean, it's just perseverance, right? Perseverance, just hard work and putting the hours in and um, not being sideswept by other goals. It's just sticking to your guts, sticking to your goals, and you keep doing them for eight to 10 hours a day. I think that, um, you know, I've always, I've always been a hard worker, I'd say. Um, And my, my parents are just like that. Like, you know, growing up in a third world country has taught me that, um, success is something that you you fucking earn. You know, yeah. it's not something that just comes up to your doorstep. So, but if I am being uh, more technical, I think that um, trying out all the different um, departments and seeing what works for you, like uh, you've mentioned earlier that I do webcamming and that I do um uh, uh, porn filming that I do fetish production and then I do, uh, do actual domination. I think, um, I've tried all of those things and then I basically stick to the ones that make me a lot of money, obviously. And yeah, so I think, um, I mean, that's just, uh, 
an overall perspective of why I, why you think I am successful and what works for me. What do you do with your eight hour? Like, what's a typical day like for you? Oh my God. A typical day. Okay. So, so today I will normally wake up at 8 a.m. I'll start my coffee. I will, you know, uh, get on my Spanish lessons. I take, um, uh, daily Spanish lessons and I'll play the piano for like, for like an hour. Um, and then after that, I will sit on my computer for another two, three hours, answer emails, do social media, um, check, uh, the customs that I have for today, custom videos that I need to make for the day. And then, um, I'll take a break. I'll take, I'll work out for an hour, um, have lunch and then go back to work again. Um, you know, take a shower, put on my makeup, start filming two or three videos. And then after that, I'll go edit them. Um, so by that time, it would have been like 5 or 6 p.m. Uh, so I'll start editing my videos and then um, queue them up for for posting, for publishing. And then by that time, it's like dinner. So I'll have my dinner. Um, <laughs> and then I'll do a little bit more work. I'll answer more emails. Um I don't really watch a lot of TV. <laughs> my entire my entire day is like mostly dedicated to, you know, Astro Domina. And then if I if I get a little bit creative, I'll sit down and I'll come up with like some awesome um, ideas for for custom videos, for uh, clips, or for photo shoots, or ideas on how I can promote my my brand. Um, you know, post stuff on OnlyFans. And then by that time, it would have been nine or 10 already. Yeah. So I'll wind down. I'll do a little bit of 15 minute yoga just to calm my brain. I'll probably play the piano. And um, sometimes I'll watch like a, you know, like a, like a quick show on TV and then go to bed, read a little bit. And then that's how my day is. <laughs> yeah. So it's not only yeah. a full-time job, but to be at the level that you're at, it's it's more than a full time job. It, it's it's an entire lifestyle that you've dedicated yes. yourself to. And I and I think for Absolutely. a lot of performers out there who are observing things from a distance, they think, yeah, I, I if you if I can be successful with this, I don't have to work. And it's like no, no it, <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't. No job works that way. Even people want to be famous actors and actresses, and they don't realize that mm-hmm. famous actors and actresses work ridiculous hours and and they it doesn't turn out to be that great of a lifestyle um you said you're a pianist a pianist um you Uh (laughs) were you trained classically as a child or when did this happen for you um so you know growing up as an asian kid your family always uh will you know inject some sort of like musical talent in there so i started playing the piano when i was nine uh, my sister plays as well. My twin sister also plays the piano, but my brother, my little brother, he plays the violin. So the entire, basically the entire family could be a marching band <laughs> uh, if we wanted to. Um, but yeah, I started playing at nine, classically trained. Um, nowadays, I, I play uh, songs from, you know, uh, huge music soundtracks. Like, yeah. for example, um, the movie Interstellar, I just I'm all I'm 80 percent done memorizing the, the piano piece 
for the major for the major um, uh, inter uh, song intro. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked about that. Do you pretty write your own Astro Domina theme music? Mm, no, <laughs> I don't have time for that. <laughs> but when I when I get that rush of creativity, I usually paint, mm -hmm. or oh, I'll okay. I'll usually wow. draw. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. you're quite the artist. Then you're very artistic. Ah, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty creative. I'm not. I don't have like a a mathematical mind, but I think I'm more like on the creative side for sure. So if you guys are listening to this in, in the future sometime, uh, you'll probably have forgotten by then what it was like to operate during the pandemic here. Oh, uh, but we're, yeah. we're doing this at the during the pandemic, although it's the phase where people are, are starting to reopen. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that's coming out of the pandemic that is, is going to change our industry dramatically is that a lot of performers are realizing that they don't have to wait to be hired by producers mm -hmm. uh they mm -hmm. can make their own content they can be successful at it you mm -hmm. oh, there's yeah. no change for you in fact i think i asked you to be in a scene for us years ago and you said mm -hmm. well uh sure but no because um <laughs> i'm making a lot of money doing my own content and it's better for me to use that time to continue to make my own content and that's the position yeah that per most performers need to be in right now because yeah. so many of them are starting to say, Hey, listen, I never liked doing the scenes where I get slapped around or called names or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, mm -hmm. I'd like to be able to pick and choose. So talk mm -hmm. about that, that at, at, you didn't, you didn't even come up through the traditional way. You started making your own content first, right? So, um, to answer your question. Yeah. I've always had the, you know, the upper hand when it comes to, um, my own work when it comes to being um, an independent producer. I can always say no to things or projects that I think would not be um, helpful for me. Um, but nowadays, nowadays I'm at a position where I kind of want to work with other producers that I legitimately respect and like. Um, I Back in the day, I was so busy because I was still, you know, kind of starting. I was still getting my my um my name out there um so i have to be careful on what on the type of stuff that i film for other people but nowadays it's like yeah you know you want to shoot like a femdom uh fetish taboo video let's do it because i actually like that person um and it's just it's i see it more uh, as a hanging out with friends rather than <laughs> rather than filming a video you know what i mean yeah absolutely. so it's an it's an it's an opportunity um well, if you I decide that, to go beyond just the ones you respect and like, then give me a call. Yeah, and, uh, yeah you know, absolutely. <laughs> I was going to say, that we, can, we can definitely shoot if that's something that you would like to do in the near future. Oh, once of course this I whole, Sure. Once this whole lockdown is, is over. Oh, so, so you're saying if I would like to shoot with one of the girls on the Mount Rushmore of adult uh, online entertainers? <laughs> of course yeah. I would. You, you just, you know, you got to get to Vegas, but other than that, of course. Yeah, I, I will. I'll, I'll um. I'll, I can arrange that in the near future. Go to Vegas. Not a problem. Yeah, we would do content <laughs> trade, too, because that's something that I think we're going to have to change going out of uh, coming out mm -hmm. of the pandemic here. Uh, I've always mm -hmm. just thought it's better for me to just shoot my own content and own the rights. And, and you mm -hmm. know, but at this point, there are a lot of performers like yourself whom a content trade would be a lot more valuable to. You, you might make um, mm -hmm. a lot more money off of it than me. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's that's an option as well. Um, okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'm down. 
<laughs> so speaking of the pandemic, I'm looking at you on Twitter right now here. Yes, sir. What the heck? Okay, wait. Let me go to this picture again. You didn't mention <laughs> the six hours of, of working out you must be doing. Assuming this is a brand new video here, you have yeah. 0% body fat and abs that are starting to sprout up. What's going on here? <laughs> which, which video are you looking at? <laughs> uh, it's 23 hours ago. It just has a little fire symbol. And it says, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. you pulling up your shirt to show off your abs. What are you What exercise are you doing? Which, by the way, everybody, okay. go back and look at Astro here from five years ago, and you'll see kind yeah. of a chubby. And I don't mean that in a bad yeah. way. I am. I was, am. Yeah, I'm definitely was. fuller. I'm definitely fuller. Back in the day, I, um, I'm definitely chubbier. Uh, that's that's a proper way of saying it. Um, but I've been more toned more than ever ever before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been, I've got I, I've gotten so much into working out lately that I've uh, it's becoming I've, I'm integrating it more into my lifestyle. So it's not something that I, you know, that I'm gonna do for the next two or three months it's something that i'm slowly incorporating into my lifestyle so it's something that i you know it's 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 becoming more like a norm for me you know working out five times a week and i find it very meditative more than anything um so yeah i think i'm gonna keep those abs for a little while (laughs) uh good you look great it's a good look for you thank you Thank you. <laughs> so let's go back to yes. your origin story here. Um, yeah. You just told me before we started the podcast something I didn't know. You are mm-hmm. an immigrant to the United States. I am. I am. Yeah. Everyone thinks that I'm American. Yes. I think it's because of. I think it's because of my accent. Like if I if I use my Tagalog, my Filipino accent, you guys, you would not understand me. Like mm-hmm. this is a this is my way of adapting to you know, uh, a different country, like changing up my, my accent a little bit. Yeah. But but you don't, Um, I mean, you have no accent, no foreign accent at all. Yeah. Glenn, listen, (laughs) if I talk like a Filipino person, (laughs) it kind of sounds a little bit like this. Um, And it, it comes out even more when you give me, a shot or two of maybe, you know, Tito's vodka. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, I had my gallbladder out last year in this crazy emergency oh surgery. And the, the yeah. hospital was all Filipino ladies. Yeah. And yeah. I I really had the most enjoyable experience anyone's ever had, I think, in terms of getting yeah. a gallbladder taken out. Especially since my production manager, Jimmy, speaks to gala. <laughs> And yeah. so he was up there talking to these ladies the whole time. And, and uh, uh, is he Filipino too? Filipino? No, he was United States Navy a submarine for, for uh-huh. uh, 10 years and spent a lot of time in uh, all over Asia. And he somehow yeah. learned Tagalog, which I think is very impressive for yeah. any Caucasian. That is, that is really impressive because Tagalog is a completely different language. It's not like Spanish. It's not like French. It's not like Latin. It's it's its completely own, you know, uh, uh, word construction. And so that's very impressive, <laughs> whoever uh, I, this guy is. I just find them attractive. Uh, the, the older that a uh, Filipino lady gets, I think the hotter she is. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Why? So um, I don't. It's hard to understand, but I believe it's uh, they're aging in a different way than than we um, Caucasians do. 
Gosh, now we're going to get in trouble for being racist, I guess. But it's a compliment. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah, uh, thank you. So, but this was a – the whole gallbladder thing to some degree was like this sexual fantasy experience for me at the same time as I'm in the hospital and all of these um, beautiful Filipino ladies are, are taking mm-hmm. care of me. Care of you. <laughs> it's like – it's like, I just need to figure out how to get back into this hospital again. That was such a wonderful experience. <laughs> Combine that with the drugs, and it's yeah. just one morphine yeah, drip. Please and... don't damage your your gallbladder again. Like, did they take all of it out? Yeah. They just oh took my it right God. out. Okay. It was gone. Like, yeah. one day yeah. I was okay. in pain, and I went to a uh, an urgent care, and so they have a tummy ache, yeah. and they were like, hmm, yeah. we're going to need to call an ambulance for you, my friend. Oh and my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. It wasn't bad. Don't feel bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a little. It's <laughs> taken me a long time to get used to the um, the, the new eating ways I can and can't do, and mm-hmm. it challenges. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I uh, the whole experience was was uh, was pretty good. All things okay. considered. Okay, that's good. Uh, that's I good. think yeah, a lot of people <laughs> feel that our our healthcare system in the United States is really awful, but <laughs> If you take the time, first off, get healthcare insurance out there, people. Everyone should yeah, have healthcare absolutely. insurance at this point. You can get a relatively inexpensive healthcare insurance that doesn't cover much, but at least it covers you mm-hmm. in the big cases. But my point is, is that you need to know how to use the system. Uh, there's a app on my phone right now for the urgent care that's across the street from me. I can log into their mm-hmm. virtual waiting room anytime I want, uh, mm-hmm. and then they'll say, "Okay, it's your turn. Come across the street now and get treated." And wow. then. You know, and then once you get to the, you know, hopefully you don't have to go to the hospital, but the hospital is next yeah. door. And, you know, so if you just understand how to use the system, work the system, you actually find it's a relatively pleasant experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hope everyone gets the kind of drugs they gave me every time I end up in the hospital. So. <laughs> All right. So I want to know more Absolutely. about your your um, your childhood, your growing up. Uh, but first, yeah. I need to talk about our great sponsor, Sext Panther. Are you on Sex Panther? I am. Absolutely. Perfect. What kind of stuff do you do on Sex Panther? What do people typically Um, mostly mostly calls, mostly uh, um, mostly like phone calls, phone sex line. Yeah. So you've been listening to this podcast for 19 minutes so far by my count, and (laughs) you've now fallen in love with Astro Domina here. And you're wondering, how can I get to know her better? How can I become her slave or how can I just open up some kind of a relationship with her that involves um, phone calls, videos, or pictures being exchanged. (laughs) This is how you do it. You go to sextpanther.com, S-E-X-T-P-A-N-T-H-E-R.com slash astro domina or astro underscore domina. Do you know? Mm -hmm. Or do you have a special Mm -hmm. URL set up? It's it's just one word, astro domina. Okay, so sexpanther.com. Slash Astro Domina, you're going to get her phone number for free, right? For free? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're going to get her phone mm-hmm. number for free. And then you can start texting with her and sexting with her. And you, it, it, does it have to be sex? Can they just ask you how you're doing today? Yes, absolutely. They can uh, find out what I'm doing for the day or how they can how they can serve me, how they can be part of my world, how they can uh, make my life better. So, yeah, absolutely. Do you have Any, a, about anything. a special rate for playing the piano for people? <laughs> that's the most expensive one because that actually takes legit talent yeah 
yeah. <laughs> well, so does everything else you do, but yeah. but there you go. If you guys just mm-hmm. want to um, listen to her play the piano, you can do all those things, and it's not just Astro Domina. It's basically everyone who's been on this program. You've heard Courtney Taylor on here. You've mm-hmm. heard um, uh, Hallie Hayes was on here a few weeks ago. You've heard Christina Rose, Ginger Lynn, Christy Canyon, basically... Uh, wow. Everyone that's that's in porn by now is probably on Sex Panther. And and by the way, if you're one of the many performers who's listening to the show, and you're not on Sex Panther yet, shame on you. What are you waiting for? Get in there, <laughs> get yourself a Sex Panther account, and start um, building relationships with your fans. Because I'm sure Astro would agree with me here that being successful over the long term is a that's what it's about is building long term mm-hmm. relationships with relationships, your fans. Yes. Where you mm-hmm. understand Absolutely. them, you understand what's going on in their heads, the psychology, uh, and and then you you make content that is more mm-hmm. than just boobs and a butt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you do that by talking to them, and you do that by Sex Panther. So go to sexpanther.com today and start talking to your favorite adult entertainment star. Okay, back to Astrodomina. You moved here at what age? Um, I moved here when I was. 18, uh, 18, 19. Yeah, it's it's not a, a direct move. It's more like coming to the U.S., going back to the Philippines, coming to the U.S. again, visiting back home. So it's like a very, um, it's like a slow migration, uh, slow, you know, dipping my toes into a first American, uh, I mean, a first world country and still going back home, still seeing my friends. Um, my, I think my, my dad really did a good job of, um, what do you call this, uh, assimilating us into a, a, a new lifestyle, a different world. So, yeah, I it was about, I'd say it was a, a one-year integration. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, uh, so the whole family moved here. What, what made them want to move here in the first place? Um, just a better life, you know. I My dad has always wanted to... Um, give us a better future. So, and it, it's not going to happen back home. It's not going to happen in the Philippines where it's such a struggle. Um, although, you know, considering that we didn't really, we, we weren't poor. We weren't really, we're, I would say that we're, they're um, just regular, you know, people. Um, we, my, my dad was an accountant and he was a realtor. My mom's the same way. She was also a university professor. So, you know, they, they did try and make ends meet, but I think my dad truly believed that the U.S. is the land of milk and honey. It's the land of opportunity yeah, and absolutely. a future. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know what? It is. It, it truly is. is. So, you know, we moved here. Um, but, and, but Astro, one question yeah. before we move on from Philippines. You were a Jehovah's yeah. Witness growing up in the Philippines. Is that common? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, um, well, 80... Uh, 70% of Filipinos are Catholics, Christians. Okay. Yes. And then the, the very small minority are, you know, either Jehovah's Witnesses, are Muslim, are uh, Buddhists, are, you know, some sort of um, uh, Chinese, in, in some Chinese religion and some other stuff. Um, and then I happen to be, I happen to grow up in a, in a, a household who's, you know, whose main religion is Jehovah's Witnesses. So, yes, <laughs> I was a Jehovah's Witness until I moved to the U.S. Actually, when I 
um, I stopped going when I turned 21, 22. Yeah. Were you, was this a struggle? Because like, for example, I was the only Jew in my school, I think when I was young Mm -hmm. and boy, I tried to put that on Twitter one time and it it was the bit, what a horrible Twitter fail. Uh, people didn't understand what I was trying to say, but it's, you Uh know, they pointed out it's not comparable to the struggle of being a minority or African-American, but I did Mm -hmm. understand, you know, in my school, I was mocked and ridiculed and, and anytime you're Uh the the minority of anything in a school, you're going to get bullied a little mm-hmm. bit. Was that yes. what it was like yeah. or, or was it I, accepting of your, I, well, um, I think Filipino children are a little bit different. We're very conservative in a lot of ways and the children are just, you know, um, they keep to themselves a lot. So even though I was, I grew up as a Jehovah's witness, um, Kids never really made fun of me, but also I think it's because I I was the bully. Oh. <laughs> I was okay. I was the class bully. Well, there you go. So like that kind of that kind of helped. Um, but I've always I, I felt you know left out when there are you know um, celebrations like birthdays or Valentine's Day or like you know Christmas or Halloween or New Year's. We never celebrated any of those things. Hmm. Yeah. Never ever. Yeah. It's hard. Even, it's hard yeah. when all the other kids mm-hmm. are celebrating Christmas. Yeah. And you're like, well, and no, I have this other holiday. It's got eight days, and you know. Uh huh. Uh huh. So it's 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 um, I I can relate to how you're feeling when you especially when you're the only Jew in in a class, or I'm you know the only Jehovah's Witness in in my class. So, um, yeah, it's kind of hard. It's very challenging. All right, so you got to the United States. I feel like you started performing when you were 18 years old. Didn't it must not have been very long. Or, yeah, I started yes. I started right away. I started yes. pretty early. Okay. Cuz the so earliest I, stuff I I think I've seen you online since uh well, how old are you now? Like is it are you been in the business for like maybe 7 or 8 years? Yeah, 7 or 8 years. I am 27 now. Okay. 27 so and that's that's 10 years or 9 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So nine years. If you guys go back and you look at her when she was eighteen, she was adorable, uh, with little, <laughs> with braces <laughs> and very bratty. Uh, and I think it, it it struck a vein from the minute. So you started though not intending to be a dom. I don't think is that right? No, not at all. I um, I moved here in the U.S. because I wanted to become part of the restaurant and hotel industry. So I wanted um, uh, my it's it's kind of a long story, but for college, I took up nursing because that's what my parents wanted. And so after that, they you know rewarded me by giving me another college degree that I actually wanted, which was hotel and restaurant management and culinary arts. So it's it's one course in uh, it's one degree all in one. Okay. And then I moved here. In, I moved here in the U.S. and. Um, after moving to so many different states, I finally decided to, you know, settle down a little bit in, in Las Vegas. So I lived there for a while and I worked for um, some of the major hotels in, in Las Vegas until I, while, while I was working, um, I discovered that, you know, online uh, uh, being a webcam model is, is a real thing. It's an opportunity. So I took, I took hold of that. And then once I became a webcam model, I became more popular and I became more successful doing that. 
versus going to, you know, work at five o'clock in the morning, yeah. doing my shift and clocking out. That was horrible, by and the way. And what was I your job not... at the hotel? I was a um, front desk manager. Yes. For uh, for hotels <laughs> for for a little while. Uh, I worked a little bit at the bag as a baggage handler. I worked a little bit as um, a front desk coordinator. So so many different. So, so things, you don't, you don't want to say the name of the hotel because you can if you want to. Uh, I mean, I work for MGM Grand. All right. So if you're listening to the show, you came to (laughs) Vegas and you went to this great vacation at MGM Grand and your desk clerk, (laughs) you didn't even know it at the time, was Astro Domina. How about that? You know, so everybody that's listening now, go back in your recollection and try to remember (laughs) who was your desk clerk and if you were really attracted to her and if if you were, it was probably Astro here. So so that's pretty cool. For a little while, yeah. Mm-hmm. You did that, and then you realized that mm-hmm. okay, cam work is better. But um, there was, I to me, having sort of watched you from afar for a long time, mm-hmm. I feel like there was an organic transition uh, to you becoming Astro Domina from Astro Kitty, Kitty, Kitty yes. that you uh-huh. started as, yeah, where you just found that you just were naturally bossing these guys around. <laughs> Actually, it started when. Um... It started after two or three years being in, in the industry, and I was head-on becoming more and more um, uh, what do you call, ag- aggressive with my with my regular clients. Yeah. So they, you know, the, the more basically the more close or the better my rapport is, or the better my relationship is with a client, the worse I treat them. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It's so it's so weird. And then a few guys actually suggested they're like, Hey, you know, Astro or hey Sydney, have you ever thought of becoming a Dom? And this is from three different guys. <laughs> they're like, because you're actually kind of a you know, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, perfect. it's so weird. Um so Right about that time, it was perfect timing because Alexander Snow, who also happens to be a, another um, dominatrix, she wanted to work with me um, in a in a fetish clip. So she hired me for my very first um, online fetish project. Did yeah, not know that. Very, That's very cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so it was a jerk off instruction show, mm-hmm. um, and we both still had very long hair, super long hair back then. We were both very young and innocent. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's when it all started. Um, I slowly, uh, I slowly switched over to becoming more and more fetish friendly, fetish oriented, yeah. and I started reading more books. I started. Um, researching about this entire niche, this entire world and, you know, how, how I can be better at it and how I can, um, uh, start filming videos and and stuff like that. So it was a, I guess it was a natural, (laughs) natural progression of, of things. So somewhat yeah. natural, but you're also telling me yeah. research and read books. And, you know, this is something, yes. listen, there's one characteristic that separates the good Dom from the elite Doms. And, and uh-huh. I've confirmed this with Matress Madeline, so I know it's true. It is mm-hmm. psychology. Uh, the great mm-hmm. Doms, the elite Doms, they study and research and understand not just what they want to do, even though mm-hmm. in the world of domination, you get to decide what you want to do. But in order to be the best, you have to understand what is it in the, that's going on in the brains 
of these submissive yeah. guys that makes them want to be abused, degraded, mm-hmm. uh, uh, cuckolded, peed on, and all these other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. it's not something that just you you just start doing and guess. It takes research. And yes, and I, I believe so. I I truly believe, I truly believe so. I think that um, you know you can't you have to educate yourself about BDSM because BDSM is not. It's it's uh it's so many different things. It's it's more of like a mental, it's a mental stimulation, you know. That in, and then you basically uh, transform that into bondage, into power play, into um, uh, exchange of yes. exchange of like roles in in the bed, and it involves certain many different fetishes, and you have to be you have to research it's the only way that i can um that i can really truly understand these things otherwise i can't i can't just guess them you know i can't expect um what do you call this a a guy with with a let's say a foot fetish and a, a pantyhose fetish he can't just come to me and um have a session and then i can't just be i can't just show up and be completely clueless about the session you know, I have to understand. I have to understand what pushes his button. I have right. to ask more. I have to ask more questions about um, uh, the history of this guy. And and this is also this is one of the reasons why I do quick fifteen to twenty minute interviews before I do sessions, and so I can get to know them better and they can have a better um, experience when it comes to uh, a real time session. Yeah. You know, and I, so I'm, I just pulled up your clip store here, clipsforsale.com mm-hmm. slash studio slash 56587 slash Astrodomina. Yes, Although sir. I'm sure uh-huh. you could get there by – do you have a main hubster or something that has – just go to her yes. Twitter and you can find all her stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. You just or, or just type in Astrodomina on Google and then you know it'll show you everything that you need to know so about me. The point I was going to make is uh, like my own stuff over here – you're not mm-hmm. going to find a lot of clips that are just like um, uh, Astro makes Slave Jimmy kiss her armpit. And then it's like eight minutes of armpit <laughs> kissing. Yeah. It's, there's thought that goes into these here that have a psychological discussion. You know, mm-hmm. uh, final destination for tiny. It's uh, it's says you can't even tell how long you've been in Sydney's snack bag. <laughs> <laughs> All you can do is watch the giantess come down the stairs and, you know, and it goes on to discuss the psychology of being a tiny mm-hmm. man that gets eaten by a giant goddess here. And, uh-huh. and so that's to me what I've always wanted to do as I make female domination videos is that I I just don't want to start with a slave who says, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, and just does mm-hmm. what he's told. I want to show the transition uh, between him being the boss to mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. in his mind giving up control and it can only mm-hmm. take sometimes 30 seconds in fact i uh, you know i want it to take two minutes in the video and not 10 minutes because we don't have you, know, you only have so many minutes, minutes. In, a, in a video correct uh, yeah but showing that just taking two minutes to show the power exchange to me mm-hmm. makes very so important much of a difference yeah yeah it makes such a huge difference when you actually portray it on camera on a clip you know, sometimes a lot of the times when you're filming a video, you don't really it, it sucks because you're just watching it. Right. You can't really 
feel the tension in the room. You can't smell the the her perfume right. that enraptures his entire brain. You can't, you know, you can't quite clearly hear when she's walking through the wooden floors and like how just the sound of that makes a, a submissive um, go into subspace mode already. You know, right. all of these different things are very important, and you can and you can only capture so much of that through a clip. So you have to, we have to do our best as um, fetish producers to encapsulate all of these details, and um, so we can again, we can give a better experience to our viewers. Absolutely. I, I, yeah. To me, it's just the most important thing. I'm still um, amazed as I go through your clip store here. Stepmom eats stepson. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So some of the titles, I'm I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Some of the titles, I have to be very, um, uh, just like way too obvious because for a, um, uh, it's, it's, what do you call it? Uh, is, is search engine optimization. So yes. I have to, I have to be just super obvious. Otherwise I would give them a very, you know, a very creative title. <laughs> no, yeah. 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 That's the same problem I got. And plus on many yeah, vids you get, they like, they limit you to like eight characters or something yeah, really small. And so my titles, they go from your wife fucks your boss, jerk boss in front of you <laughs> to, your wife fucks or something, and it's like, well, now I can't tell the story here. Oh I'm God. glad you reminded me, though, because one of the things I decided I was going to do when I came out of the pandemic was start showing girls mm-hmm. putting on perfume and lotions at the beginning of scenes yeah. so that I oh, could wow. bring into it the um, the sense of smell into this because it's uh-huh. that's always going to be the challenge here. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, to me, it's a very important part of the videos here. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, cuckold videos. I see, okay, cuck walk of shame here. Was that a big deal for you when you started doing cuckold with actual sex in them? Was it a big deal for me? Um, yeah. God, no. Okay. I've always been a, I've always been a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, if it's a real hoe, it's not a problem. Yeah. You can take the hoe out of the girl, but, or you can take the girl out of the hoe, of the hoe but yeah. whatever, something like that. The hoe is always the hoe. Yeah, um, exactly. But you the hadn't done, I mean, there was so long, I think, when you hadn't really done hardcore sex, and then at some point you made the decision and started doing it. Uh, did you get flack from the other doms at the time? Um, did I get flack? Um... No, not really. I I think it's because I was not such of a big name when I started doing it mm-hmm. that nobody really cared when I started doing it. And quite frankly, I don't really give a rat's ass about <laughs> what other doms think of me anyway. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in this position. I wouldn't be where I am right now if I had I ever, you know, gave a rat's ass about what they think of me. Yeah. So I, I, I did because I felt good about it. I launched, I published that video because I thought it was super hot. Personally, it's something that I, I would jerk off to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, you know what? If, if it's hot for me, then it must be hot for, you know, for, for a buyer. So fuck it. Let's publish this. That was uh, my decision. <laughs> good for you as well. You should. And, you. and look, I mean, if you're a young Dom out there, 
Yes, other doms are going to tell you, don't get naked, don't do this, don't do that. It's against the rules of being yeah. a dom. But uh, if there's one thing uh, that Astro and I, I know we agree on, because we've talked about this on the air before, there are no rules mm-hmm. for being a dom. Nope, not really. No, no rules of being a dom. I mean, I think the only thing that's really, um, as a dom, I think one thing one thing is for sure you have to be in control yeah one thing if if this if there's one thing that i've learned uh, throughout this industry it you have to be in control and you have to take a stand and stick to that and no matter what happens don't you know um have a spine and don't bitch out <laughs> there's always a really so, there's always an exception right so i could say there's no yeah. right or wrong to being a dom but if you're writing kiss my ass please okay then yeah (laughs) which i've seen on twitter quite a bit oh my god have i ever ever posted that no not you of course not but there are doms every day that post silly stuff like kiss my ass please and it's like well yeah yeah oh my god it kills me it kills me especially when when other doms reach out to me and um you know, uh, they reach out to me. They want to. They want to get advice from someone like me. And then the first thing I do is I always check their social media. And I remember this one girl. She was very, very sweet, very lovely. She wrote me an email, and I checked her social media. And the very first thing that I saw was uh, a picture of her in the bathroom that's very poorly lit. Um, and I can see her, I can see her messy bathroom Yeah. and her name, her, her dom name started with the word elite or like empress or <laughs> right. shit like that. Right. Yes. Yes. How can you, how, how, how can you be an empress if this is the kind of photo that you show me, you know, when you, when you say empress, all I can think of is an actual empire, a structure, a very beautiful Asian inspired structural build, building in your background and you're, and you're um, standing in front of it. How can you be so if you're in your bathroom with your stuff everywhere and this poorly lit bath? I, I, can't, I can't even start. I can't even. So It's all over Twitter. Trying to say, There's lots of stuff like yes. Yeah, it's all over Twitter. Yeah. So, you know, I wrote her back and then I said, listen, if you want to, you know, uh, become more like me, I, I would say start with this photo. I sent her th- this photo and then we went back and forth. I said, what do you find wrong in this photo? And sure enough, she got offended. She was like, <laughs> you know, I thought yeah. you were going to teach me real things instead of like, <laughs> you know, bash me with my phone. And I'm like, that, that's not my point. My right. point is yeah. you're trying to paint uh, this, this, um, you're trying to paint a dominatrix. You're trying to paint a person, uh, a, a, a basically a vision to all of these submissives and all of these future slaves that you're going to have. And you, if you can't take one uh, one pointer from me, then it's not, you know, it's not the world that you're meant to be in. Right, right. So, I yeah. see a lot of tweets that are like, hey, here's my $60,000 tribute that uh, a guy just gave me. In fact, I'm posting yeah. all eight of them that he gave me, and that's yeah. just part of the $100 million I'm making a month as a, in FinDom. Mm-hmm. And then three pictures later, it's them tanning by the side of their inflatable above-ground pool oh. in front of their trailer home. And it's like nobody's knocking you for being in a trailer home. By, by all means, more power to you. 
But if you're creating an online fantasy with fake tributes, you need to have other pictures that match that. Correct. Correct. Because let me tell you, um, if this was the vanilla world, I I mean, this is for all the for everyone who's listening to this. If this is the vanilla world, maybe something like that will work because I don't know. I think vanilla people are very are not so uh, eclectic when it comes to their sexual tastes because vanilla porn is vanilla porn. Right. But when it comes to fetish and BDSM and um, all these kinks and all these fantasies, I think a lot of the. I think a lot of our viewers, a lot of our clientele are actually pretty like smarter guys, smarter yeah. people. And they can yeah. put two and two together. They're very well-spoken. They're, they've always been respectful to me. I've never had any problems with any, with any kinkster out there. Um, some might be a little bit more, you know, uh, uh, like a challenge. But for the most part, I think that a lot of kinksters are very like, like savvy they're very smart guys, yeah. And you can't fool. It's not they can't be easily fooled, right? <laughs> I'd right. say. Well, and and, you yeah. know, and plus, you're creating an online character. I mean, it's correct. Yeah. You know, this is uh, Astro Domina is not your real name. It is. Yes. It is. Is that right? It's not your real name. Yes. So uh, it's, it's, it's a, my it's my brand name. It's your brand, and it's your it's the brand yeah. that you're creating, and mm-hmm. you're asking these guys to play their character. And you're going to play mm-hmm. your character, and then you have to be careful not to break the character by mm-hmm. putting up something that is contradictory. And that doesn't mean you can't be a submissive porn star in some scenes and a dom in other scenes. Mm-hmm. It's just when mm-hmm. you're being the dom, that's mm-hmm. your character. And yes. you can't you yes. know, do things that disillusion uh, the Correct. guy that's, that's submitting to you. Correct. Yeah. You can't, um, if it's a, you got to stick to the role. Yeah. If you're playing a, if you're playing a powerful, rich, bratty goddess, then, you know, you have to make us feel like that is who you are. And, you know, unfortunately, if you put a photo, a really shitty photo of yourself in, in a, in a condo bathroom, that's probably uh, I don't know. It's not, not going to work out. So yeah. Can I also suggest <laughs> to some of these girls that when you're putting up your tribute tweets, uh, uh-huh. try to go with something realistic instead of you know like trillions. Sixty thousand dollars every week. <laughs> Come on. Come on. There's just not enough money in the world to be no. making all of these massive tributes. Some of them are. I mean, some girls are uh, real, obviously, but. Yeah, you know, yeah, I don't even think. Do you even put up your tributes? I think the most successful girls don't even put up their tributes in a screen cap. Anyway. No, no, not really. I <laughs> sometimes I forget about. I legitimately forget about it. Um, but I, I'll sometimes post about my tributes once in a while. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see a. Um, I'll usually look at my statistics and I'll, I'll look at uh, what what a, what a tweet like that could do for me. But for the most part, I think I've created a, a persona that's popular enough for people to know that I actually do femdom, uh, fandom, yeah. financial, domina- uh, financial domination. So yes, yes. whether or not uh, I post a photo of a tribute, um, I still, you know, business as usual. Um, I still get new clients every day. I still, you know, because I, I think that um, 
essentially, if I put a, 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 a post like that or a tribute of a big number or a big amount, um, my goal is to grab more fin subs. And I think I have enough. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't really post a lot of those photos anymore. You know, I, I was going to move us on to talking about the pandemic and how you're doing getting yes. through that. But but I now I got to ask you about fi uh, fin dom and financial domination because I feel like it has mm -hmm. become something that is somewhat dragging the, the, the world of online domination down because – Oh, my God. It's like the low-hanging fruit, and, and it's what every yeah. dom wants is just to have a bunch of financial slaves. But Money. I don't think these yeah. girls realize that that being even a fin dom involves providing mm -hmm. content to submissive yeah. guys. And it, it used to be that basically a dom was yeah. making her money off of providing content to guys. And, and then yeah. there's this perception oh. out there that, well, if I become a fin dom, I don't even have to make videos anymore because all I got to do is type send – on Twitter, mm -hmm. and these guys are gonna. Yeah. Do you think that? Um, do, you, do you think that's kind of a wrong approach, and that some of these oh, dogs yeah, need to try to be more well-rounded? Absolutely, I get I get two or three emails a week from women asking me how to become a financial dominatrix. That's all. Yeah. They'll they'll say hi. My name is so and so, and I saw your video on YouTube about you know financial domination. How can I be one? That's it. That's all they're asking about is how they can become a financial. And it's really put a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. And I think I think unconsciously I've stopped doing a lot of financial domination clips because of that, because it's just attracting, you know, the wrong type of women into into our world i'd say yes or into in, into the fetish world yes and uh more so i'm becoming more of um i'm focusing on the, the more popular fetishes like foot fetish um bondage you know um the latex outfits the outfits themselves the the um actual power play because it's like i said financial domination has put a sour taste in my mouth and um yeah, I think these girls are asking the wrong questions. They shouldn't be asking, how can I become a financial dominatrix? They should be asking, can I, you know, can I um, ask classes from you on, on about the basics of BDSM? Yeah. And Dominance what it's and like submission. to have a kink. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Because essentially, that's All what it is. Right. Yeah. That's what it is. Financial domination is a sub, a sub fetish of, you know, BDSM and you know, fetishes in, in, in this entire world. Um, not just, it's not just a, another, I don't know. It almost seems like a pyramid scheme <laughs> to well, me nowadays. It and is. I hate and it. I get a lot I of guys, it. they'll DM me and they'll say, hey, can you give me some advice here? Because I joined so-and-so's OnlyFans and mm -hmm. she's got all this pay-per-view content in there. And then I open the pay-per-views and then she yells at me for not giving her enough tips and oh, how do I tell terrible. the dom that I'm not yeah. a financial slave, that I'm just here to enjoy all of her great ass worship content or whatever? And I tell them, I don't know. I think you just have to move on to another dom in that case and try to get with one of the ones who is more about uh, uh, well-rounded content and you know the, mm -hmm. the whole female domination thing instead of just the give me money thing. 
Because yeah. I think yeah. a lot of the doms assume that uh, submission, being a sub now, is the same thing as being a financial sub. And a lot, yeah. and it, what I mean, it's probably ten percent of the world of subs are are true financial mm-hmm. subs, and of those, yeah. only a few of them really sit there going like, "I don't even want to mm-hmm. talk to this dom. I just want to send her money." Mm-hmm. Like, how many times you know do I see do? on Twitter? You know a what dom... we should do, Glenn? What we should do a poll. We should do a poll, like yeah. a legitimate poll where we're trying to find out how many out there are real. A foot slaves, B financial slaves, yeah. C you know uh, giantess slaves, and really give the world a more um, a ta- like what do you call this uh, tangible uh, statistics of this is what type of subs there are out there. You know, I think we should do something like that. This is a great idea. <laughs> I'll run it, um, and then you can you can uh, retweet it and stuff because yes. your guys uh, being subs just want to put whatever mm-hmm. they think you want to hear. I can put it up mm-hmm. on mine, and then the subs they want to they'll they'll be honest because they want mm-hmm. content that's driven towards them. Yeah, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I think that's a good yeah. idea. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I I, I cut you. I no, that's <laughs> I right. distracted you. I can't remember what I was going to say. I had a, a thought about what I keep seeing doms put up that was – yeah, oh, yeah. no, I know what it was is that I, I mm-hmm. cringe when I see a dom say a real financial sub doesn't say a word. He just sends and is happy because of oh. the joy of sending. And it's oh like, well, you might you find that golden goose somewhere, but most yeah, of them would like yeah. something in return like a good boy <laughs> or a mm-hmm. – Something. You know that that's a, a word like that. Uh, sorry, a sentence or a phrase like that is actually dirty talking. Essentially, if you're in a session, yeah. in uh, in a in a in a cam session with a with a fin sub, but if you're putting it out there to the world on Twitter, if they're if you're trying to attract uh, uh, submissives, um, and they're not in subspace yet. You're not in a camp session. Yeah, it's not. It's not attractive. I think. I, I think it's just not um, viable. You know. So if it's the only thing that you have to say on Twitter every single time, hey, give me money. Yeah. You know, pay pigs. Where are my pay pigs at? Yeah, or yeah. it's. It gives you. I don't know. I just want to unfollow that. <laughs> <laughs> right. That page. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you know, as a. Uh, I guess I can't really call myself a sub, but I'm a part-time sub. I certainly enjoy being uh-huh. a sub at times. Uh-huh. There are two things that every dom needs to understand, I think, um, that subs need. Number one is being told what to do. That's just, mm-hmm. you know, like giving them commands. Uh, kiss mm-hmm. my ass is infinitely better than here's my ass. Uh, <laughs> and and then, yes. and then praise for... Even if it's backhanded praise, in fact, especially backhanded praise, good, good mm-hmm. job, bitch, needs to be said. <laughs> yeah. Part of the coaching I do before my scenes is I explain to them that yeah. every compliment should have an insult at the end of it. But <laughs> if a guy sends you a tip, all you gotta do, most in most cases, is say "good job, bitch," to be yeah. infinitely better than just feeling like "ha." I ignored him because I am a dom. The guy wants yeah. all he wants is you to say "good job, bitch," and then you'll get yeah. another tip from him. And, yeah, and some, some sort of, of acknowledgement, these... right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
All right, let's just so we're just kind of running out of time. So let's let's talk about the pandemic oh, yeah. here. Um, it's a cra- mm-hmm. this is the craziest year. I thought last year was a crazy year. So much weird shit went on, especially the beginning yeah. of the year. But now you know, we're I, basically entering year, were, into great plagues and stuff. Yeah. I think last year there were a lot of celebrities who died. Yes. I think, yeah, who committed suicide. And the year before that as well. But this year really trumped it all. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well said. Oh, but we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, leave it at that. <laughs> but uh, right now, okay, so let's ignore the whole uh, – we're not going to talk political here on this show for everybody that's that's wondering why we're not going to talk. We're just not going to. But we will talk about the yeah. pandemic because it's changed our lives no matter who you are and how you uh, – what you know what you believe in terms of the pandemic – it has altered our lives for all of us. Um, how are you doing, first of all? Have you been locked in your house for the last three months? Oh, my God, yes. I haven't gone anywhere. I've, um, uh, what do you call this? I've been stuck in my house, but that's okay, okay. because, yeah, quarantined in my house, but that's okay because it's for, you know, the best. Um, I'm trying not, I'm just trying to keep my neighbors, my family, my friends safe. Yes. And if I, if I try to be, if I try to start by, you know, quarantining myself, then hopefully everyone does the same. Um, but I have a lovely house. It also helps that you have a big house. In, in, in <laughs> Seattle, this, can I say that? Or I can, do, I can Se- edit yes, that out. Yes, okay. Se- absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I think everyone knows I'm from Seattle. Yes. Um, I have this lovely lush backyard with trees and i meditate here every morning are those birds um, i hear in the background are those your yes, birds yes what kind these of birds actually uh these this is wildlife like i'm i don't have any uh birds as pets here but okay. this is just like wow uh, every morning i get i get woken up to just birds singing oh. um and yeah, it's very lovely. I love it here. I, mean, I love my house. Um, and I meditate here every morning. And then when I go back in, I have my workstation. And then on the on the in the basement, I have my uh, my sets, my filming sets. So, but you know, you're not putting uh, on the mask and going to the grocery store. You're just you're staying at home oh, all the time, or oh, oh my god, I I go to the grocery store okay. maybe once once uh, every two weeks. Oh wow! But for the most yeah, but for the most part, I um, I will go to Amazon and order stuff online. I'll just have everything, everything shipped here. Um, I'll go to my mailbox uh, once a week um, to, to just get some of my some of the gifts that I would get from uh, some of my followers. Um, I'll take walks to the park. Um, I'll still wear my mask, absolutely, a hundred percent. No, no questions about it. I have to wear my mask outside and, too, huh? You wear it outside in the park. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Outside. And because I have a 66 year old dad. Yeah. So, yes. and I, I see him every weekend. So I have to be super careful on who I, like what I expose myself with or who I expose myself to or the places that I visit. I always have to um, wear a mask. And then I, obviously, if I'm filming with, say, my cameraman, um, I always ask him questions like, who have you seen this week? Have you been social distancing? Have you been sick for the last 10 days? All of these questions. And if it if it doesn't fit, I mean, if his answers doesn't satisfy me, then we're not just not going to film. Yep. Yeah. We'll have to wait an, an, another week. So yeah, I've been extra careful. 
the, the biggest thing problem I have with the pandemic, which I was telling you earlier, I kind of <laughs> like most of the you know the, the solitude. But my dad is eighty one, and wow. I, I I go see him every Thanksgiving. Have done so for mm-hmm. um, probably the last thirty years with with only one mm-hmm. miss. And I, mm-hmm. if we had to make the decision today, I told him I'm not I'm not coming. And he's mm-hmm. like, "What do you mean you're not coming? It's that's in November, and I don't want to disappoint him in any way. But I can't accidentally mm-hmm. kill my dad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can't right yeah. now. I don't feel good about getting on a plane, mm-hmm. uh, mixing up with the germs of the people on the plane because because I oh I'm, my god yeah I'm not afraid of touching anything. I'm just afraid of uh, airborne transmission." And I'm mm-hmm. afraid somebody on the plane is going to give me the, the COVID and then I'm going to walk into my dad's house for Thanksgiving and, and then uh, give it to him. Ugh. And then he dies three weeks later and yeah. I can't have it. I just, that's just not yeah. something that I could live with. So I want to zoom yeah. for Thanksgiving or something. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he wasn't I think happy that's the about best that. decision. I think that's the best decision. Um, and you're not doing it because you're. You know, you're out there to disappoint him. I, you're you're doing the best that you can to really keep him safe uh, and and you know not bring in COVID into his household. Right. I think uh, it's the best decision. Yeah. I should say my mom too, just in case she listens to the podcast. My mom is a saint, um, <laughs> and she is also close to 80 years old. And it's both of them that I would uh, I would Aww. miss. Uh, although I sit next to my dad at the head of the Thanksgiving table every year, and it's a it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> So, but I've been involved over the last few days. I have spent way too many hours on the phone over the last two uh-huh. days fighting uh, for the small producers in our industry for the right to open back up. And mm-hmm. and I think we're very close to doing so. What do you feel like we need wow. to reopen as an industry? As an industry, I think, you know, I think uh, definitely talent testing. I think yeah. being able to to test again, very important. Um, and I uh, honestly, I also go to talent testing just to, you know, get tested. And even if I don't uh, film after that, you know, I, yeah. I think it's very, it's, it's a very handy and very useful to have. Um, so that's one, um, being able to test uh, for STDs and get uh, health checkups, I guess. And COVID and tests, of two, course, yeah. And COVID tests. Oh yeah, absolutely. COVID testing. I didn't even think about that. Are we are we on some sort of like works or talking with the government so that producers can even be tested for COVID? Yes, we have them now. Uh, I've already. I was tested for COVID and the full panel last week. Right. I get tested every two weeks, uh, most of the time anyway, because um, I'm the backup talent in every one of my scenes if I'm not in the scene. Um, okay. So I got COVID tested. I got the swab test. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I haven't got. It, it, Go on, sorry. It, the results came back the next day. I, I, I've also had the antibody test. I'm very surprised okay. that I was negative on antibodies because I thought everyone at AVN probably had been um, infected with COVID at some yeah. point or another. But <laughs> oh my brother my God, is yeah. a doctor uh, up there in Portland mm-hmm. near you, and, and he explained mm-hmm. to me that even if uh, somebody walked into AVN well, – he said most likely somebody walked into the AVN show with COVID – Transmission, mm-hmm. it doesn't work the way they thought it did three months ago, and in le- it, it only would have been transmitted in certain cases where somebody was face to face and 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 you know 
ex- uh, expelling droplets towards the other person, and then that person got it, and and so on. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. It's the the. I mean, there's. I've got a list of like 20 different things that we're going to have to do on our sets when we open up, which will probably be next week. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, you know, it's testing is though, but all the stuff doesn't matter if you don't do testing. Everybody yeah. on the set, the makeup artist, the mm-hmm. the crew, camera, um, mm-hmm. production assistant has to be tested for this to work. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. That's pretty awesome. I I'm I'm very fortunate that again, you know, I'm an independent producer and I can film videos and I can still be uh, in business without having to have uh, like a film, like a film crew or other models and set, you know, I feel very lucky and I feel very fortunate for that. So, but I, cause I understand that, you know, for, for your production, you can't, you can't um, obviously uh, if other models, if, if the, if two models are not tested, there's no shoot. Right. You know, if the cameraman aren't there and they're not tested, there's no shoot. So I totally understand. I feel very lucky. Well, you're an example, although I haven't mentioned your name specifically, I, I have been uh, mm-hmm. berating people at – no, that's not the right word. I have been passionately arguing with people at the FSC for the last few weeks saying that you are working very hard to set up rules that make sense mm-hmm. for Mind Geek, which shoots 60 scenes a month and has mm-hmm. 10 people on set at all times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The there are producers all over the country, in Seattle, yeah. for example, yeah. who you've got two performer. It first off, the governor has reopened Nevada. The governor has reopened Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. You've got two performers who are uh, can both be tested for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got if they haven't been tested for COVID, they might be hanging out anyway because. There's, you know, when the governor reopened, people started having lunches together again and doing yeah. things together. So you've got people out now uh, getting mm-hmm. back into the world, and mm-hmm. it just is illogical to tell those people that you can't shoot because Los Angeles isn't open yet. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think they they sort of have now realized that there are two worlds in porn. There is... <laughs> There are. I mean, and that's this is the yeah. hard part that was because I was on a call yesterday that was yeah. the heads of the industry. I have mm-hmm. no idea why I was invited. Maybe they sent the email to the wrong place, <laughs> but whatever. Once I got well, on I, there, I, I was. Glenn, you have you have a you have a strong voice. I mean, I obviously I follow you because like you're in the know and you're very knowledgeable and like you don't fuck around. So hey, it's not it's not because they <laughs> emailed you uh, incorrectly. <laughs> it's because they actually you know. Uh, you have a strong voice, and you I know what you're doing. I believe that so, someone yeah. on the committee wanted me to get on there and shake things up and be vocal. Oh, and okay. somebody <laughs> on the board, I'm pretty sure, and I know who it is, because uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't told this was a heads of the industry meeting. I just got onto my little Zoom thing and went, "Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I, I guess I can't. I shouldn't name the names of the people that were on there, but it's anybody that you yeah. would think of as a head of the industry was on this call, yeah. and I was probably yeah. the person that did the most." amount of talking on the call <laughs> yeah uh which did... were you, okay my question is were you able to con- uh change people's minds were you able to you know uh did you get any good results that's all i'm like yes all for it 
anyway. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so the first thing I can... Well, you know what? Um, I'm going to tell you off air on some of this stuff here. Because it, okay. it's not that it was... It's a big secret. I just think this would be boring for our listeners. So, um, okay. but... Uh, so let's wrap this up by reviewing sure, a little sure. bit where people can find Astro Domina. Tell us all okay. your social media. So you can... Uh, so you can go on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and you can find me also on OnlyFans. Um, and my name is Astrodomina. Just type in A S T R O D O M I N A. Very simple. Or if you want to find all of my links and all of my online products and services, you can go to Google and search for Astrodomina, and bam, you'll have twenty pages of uh, links that all directs to me. So. Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> Her OnlyFans is only $20 a month. There are 53 yes. posts on there with 146 pictures and 36 videos. Yes. So, yes. And this is like, this is exclusive stuff too that I never post anywhere else but only on Only, but on OnlyFans. If you do the math, so. 36 videos <laughs> at $20 total is 55 cents per video. And mm-hmm. you're used to paying like $10 per video from her. That's so yeah. this is a heck of a deal. Uh, yes. We have learned sure today is. that Astro Domina is a pianist. She is a <laughs> uh, person who immigrated from the Philippines, who is a Jehovah's Witness growing up. We learned that she's done everything <laughs> yeah. in this industry and that she's a hoe who loves sex. Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh-huh. I am, yeah. And that if you are a submissive, it. you already if you are a submissive, you already know who she is. But mm-hmm. I want to reach out because she's never been on meanbitches.com, I want to reach out to those of you who are sort of my audience, who are the femdom for the femdom curious fans. If you're mm-hmm. that guy out there who just says, Well, I'm not into being beaten, but I just love the idea of an aggressive woman who is sexual, uh, sitting on my face, then <laughs> this is the person for you that you need to go check out. Hell yes. Astrodomina. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So there you go, everybody. The great Astrodomina. Thank you so much for having, <laughs> for coming on. Um, uh, Thank I, I got, you. I want to remind people that if you tuned in, if you're an Astrodomina fan, uh, that just tuned mm-hmm. into the show for the first time, uh, whether it be on Spreaker or iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else that you get uh, podcasts, uh, then hit the subscribe button, please, and give us a five-star review. It helps us get more sponsors, more listeners, all that stuff. So there you go, everybody. I'm Glenn King. That's G-L-E-N-N King XXX. Now we can applaud. Thank you so much for listening to Mature Audiences Mayhem. Thank you for having me.